All right, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, once again, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to your presence freely and uninhibited because of what, what you've done through the blood of Jesus. And we can experience you. But not only that we appreciate and acknowledge your presence, but we acknowledge your authority and the authority of your word that you have in our lives. Lord, we ask you that you will pour out your spirit, that you will open the truth that is contained in your word that will touch us and by which we can be transformed and becoming more and more like Jesus, your son. This we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's all turn to the epistle of John. I would like to uh, go to chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 11. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who loves or who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Verse 16 this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his, his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has, not show, has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? And this is the punchline, verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Not just in words, but in deed and action and in truth. As we read this passage, this is, every, every time you read a passage, you need to ask a question. What is John trying to communicate to us? What is, he, what is it that he's trying to say? We're going to be relaxed this morning. I'm going to try to preach very short. I'll try. What is John trying to say in this passage? Well, there's another John from a different era. He wrote something that I thought sums up this passage really well. Just listen to him.
Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the yeah. game. It's easy. Nothing you can make that can't be made. No one you can say that can't be okay. saved. I think that's pretty much the, the, the message of the passage. All we need is love. But what does that really mean? What does that really mean? The last three, three, three four weeks, three weeks, we've heard Dar's sermon on faith and hope. There are you know, the, the, I would say the tripod of Christian belief system is faith, hope, and love. And we heard that preach about faith and hope, living faith, and then living hope. Powerful. So this morning, that is the title of my message, pretty much. All we need is love. Christianity is known as a religion of love. But what does that really mean? We listen to that song, John Lennon's song. It's a different John, <laughs> different era. And that song was published, I think, 1967, July 1967, and it was, was listened to by probably approximately 400 million people worldwide. It was uh, adopted as the anthem for this movement called the uh, uh, flower power people, known as the, as the hippies. It was uh, anti-Vietnam War, anti-war, you know, started, I think, at Berkeley University, California. It was an uh, anti-violent uh, movement. And I remember even being in Indonesia, I know the hippies, you know, like, and... Uh, and they had many slogans, peace, and all those things. And one of those, one of those slogans were, make love, not, not war. <laughs> so, uh, and it's interesting, as I said, Christianity is known as the, a religion of love. And somehow throughout the ages, what we understand, what the Bible describes love, mixed with the Western culture about love and somehow even has affected our worship to God and what love really means. Yeah. And it's morphed into something that when I look at the Bible, I thought, oh, that's not what the Bible says. Because this love already, you know, that we know, that we hear in the media anyway, it's like about how I feel about you <laughs> or how you make me feel about myself, right? Or in a man and wife relationship or man and woman relationship, but how we feel about each other. But the punchline that I read to you, where it says, let us all love in words and deeds, not just words, but words and deeds and truth. My understanding is that my love that I have to operate has nothing to do, or my feelings has no bearing in what, what 
how I feel about it, it has no bearing about it. The true love has to be dictated to or defined by the truth. That's what the Bible says. The scripture that I read. What does that really mean being defined by the truth? Love in truth. Now, so, so often we get, go into the original language and the word love, there are three kinds, you know, it's, it's agape and, and, and it's uh, filio, you know, phileo or whatever, you know. You know what? All those things means nothing. You need to go back to the, to the Bible and look at the context of the discussion of love. This idea of love each other, let's go back to how it was originally pronounced by Jesus. Let's go to Luke chapter 25, this commandment to love. Luke chapter 10, verse 25, sorry. Luke 10, 25, let's read. And behold, a lawyer or an expert of the law, the Old Testament law, stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What, what is written in the law? Do you read it? And the lawyer, the expert of the law, answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly, do this likewise. So what the guy did was, and Jesus said to him, exactly, do it likewise. What the guy did, he actually quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Now, Deuteronomy is a book where... Moses was instructing this second generation because the first generation that left Egypt died because of their disobedience to God. So now the second generation, Moses was preparing them to enter the promised land, but they, didn't, they weren't the generation that received the law originally. So Moses reiterated the Ten Commandments to them to teach them, okay, this is how you need to do it. So when I quoted from the, uh, the original text, listen to this, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You notice the imperative here? Often we feel like, you know, I'm gonna, I love God. It's, I don't know whether I feel like I'm loving God today or not. It has nothing to do with your feeling. It's a commandment. It's an imperative. Love the Lord your God. Wow. The truth about love that, the, that described by Jesus then needs to be understood as the summing up of the commandments. That's what it is. That's what it is. 
So my thing is there are two things that we need to, to draw attention to concerning this teaching of Jesus about loving. Number one, loving God has to do with our obedience to him. It has nothing to do with how I feel. Feeling might come later. It might. But it has, my feeling has no bearing in that. Loving God has everything to do with our obedience to him. Remember Jesus said to the disciples, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. <laughs> yeah. And in verse 23, in that same chapter, he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the fathers who sent me. So that's number one. Loving God has to do with our obedience to him. Now, number two, that we need to be very careful. This is where people who try to, to look at the original words, oh, this is agape, this is eros, but I'm going to say this. And be, because of that, we tend to compartmentalize loving God and loving our neighbors. Which one's better? No, my point is this I'm going to make. Loving our neighbors springs out of our love for God. It really is that simple. You can't separate the two. Remember Jesus said to Peter at the very, that poignant moment before, before after Peter denied him and all those things in the, by the Sea of Galilee before the crucifixion, or after, after the resurrection, before Jesus was ascended. It was like, Peter, you've blown it, right? Jesus didn't say that, but you know, can you imagine Peter blown it? And Jesus just asked one question, Peter, do you love me? It really is that simple, isn't it? And Peter said, yes, yes Lord, you know I love you. And you know what Jesus said? Tend my sheep. It really is that simple. So loving God and loving your neighbor is not a two separate thing. Loving your neighbor is the overflow of our, our love for our God. And it's the kind of love that, that Jesus describes. This is what love in truth is. It's interesting because when, uh, when Jesus taught on loving loving God and loving your neighbors, one of the guys in Luke chapter 19, verse 29, it says, this guy, when Jesus, hearing Jesus said, and desiring to, desiring to justify himself, he said to Jesus, so who's my neighbor? Because Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor. And the guy said, so who's my neighbor? That's when Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritans. What was the point of the Good Samaritans? You've got to understand, the Samaritans and the Jews don't get along together. You see? 
They hate each other. So Jesus, after some of you, if you don't know the, the, the story, pretty much the story of a Jew being, being, being robbed, being left on the street, and a priest came, looked at him, they just walked by the side and left. And a Levite, they're all priestly tribes because they're too busy, they need to go to the temple. They just walked by the side and they left him. And a Samaritan, who the Jews don't like, saw him, came and helped him. What was the point Jesus is trying to say? Because at the end of, of that, that parable, Jesus asked the, the audience, who is your neighbor? And one guy stood up, the guy who showed kindness to that man. In other words, it has nothing to do with how you feel. It's what you do with it. Not only that, this idea of Jewish and Samaritans, what Jesus is saying is this. We have to love people to the point. It's easy to love people when you feel safe. But you have to come out of your comfort zone and love those that you feel uncomfortable to love. That is the kind of love that God is talking about. It has nothing to do with your feelings. So when the guy said, yeah, the, your, my, neighbor is, my neighbor is not a geographical thing, it's what I do, the kindness that I show. Now talk about the law, obedience to the law. On the Sermon on the Mount, I like the, the Sermon on the Mount because it was like the Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus reinterpreted the law. As a rabbi, he actually reinterpreted the law. I can almost, as if the, the, the writers of the Bible start to compare the two mountains, Mount Sinai and the Mount where Jesus gave the sermon. Moses gave the law in Mount Sinai and on, on the Mount, on this mountain, Jesus reinterpreted what that law was. And Jesus said, I think it's Matthew Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. He said, you have heard. And many other, other, other points of the law where Jesus, where Jesus reinterpreted. He said, you know, you have heard that you shall not commit adultery, but I'll tell you this. This is the meaning of the law. If you look at, at the woman lustfully, you already committed adultery. So he reinterpreted the law. Now, on this issue of love, he said, you have heard. Love your neighbors, but hate your enemies. But I'll tell you this. Now, I want you to listen carefully. Matthew 5, verse 43 to 45. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may become, or so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. Wow. That is the mark of the sons of God. Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven, who 
causes his sun to rise on the good people and the evil people and sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Wow. So, this beginning, this, this year, I think, I really believe if there is any prophetic, prophetic issue about, about, this, about, about this year, I believe God wants to extend our hearts. God wants to stretch our hearts as God's people. But we're going to love according to what the Bible says. doesn't matter how we feel about other people. It's like, I feel like God, God is calling his people to actually step out of the comfort zone, love people even when you, feel, you don't feel safe to love them. But you love them anyway. Why? Because you love God. It really is that simple. <laughs> I don't know why I do things like what I do, but hey. But here's the thing, though. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't. The love of God, the Bible says, shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. The love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It can only be done by the Holy Spirit. Now, if love is the fulfillment of the commandments, what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? Jeremiah 31, 30, verse 31 to 36. In that day, I will cause my people to walk in my law. I will write my laws in their hearts. So we need the Holy Spirit to do it. Only God can change us. I want to show this image. I mean, many of you probably know Okay, can, we, can we just put it there? About this lady. There's a picture of her when she was little in Vietnam War. I mean, many of you maybe have, have seen, seen it. She was... The, 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 the Americans were bombing this particular place, and this girl, she was probably, what, seven or eight years old? She was running on the street. All her back and her, her body was burnt because of the fire that caused by, caused by the bombs. I mean, some of you probably have seen it. She was running, crying with, with her friends, naked. And uh, so she said she lived her life, all her life, having a list of her enemies. Live her life with the list of her enemies. One day, one day though, in her life, she, she picked up a New Testament, started reading it, and came to a relationship with Jesus. And you know what she said? The list of my enemies changed into prayer list, the people I pray for. Wow. Isn't that powerful? I don't want to see the, her photo as a, as a girl because there's a whole video, uh, YouTube, uh, whatever, of it, a, bit, a little bit graphic. So, 
from living her life with a list of enemies. It's the same list, but at a different approach. Let's all stand up. Can I have the, uh, the music team? As we pray, I want you to open your hearts. Listen, I preach something like this, I have to do it myself. I've been challenged to love people that will do things. I mean, you heard that some of the sermons. And uh, there's a point where I would come to the presence of God and like, and yet in the back of my mind of certain individuals that I know that, Lord, you know, it's just like, Lord, I want to see them safe. Lord, I want to see them in a place where they walk with God. Remember, like I said, it has nothing to do with how I feel. It has to do with the truth. So my feeling is like, man, I wish you know, I can punch that guy in the face. You know, like, you know. You know, you know like I, I've said it to you before. The, the reality of the truth and, and how, how you experience, like Jesus said, turn the other cheek, and I turn to God. I said, God, I have only two cheeks. I've been slapped around ten times today. Like, <laughs> But that's when the, you step out of the comfort zone into the most uncomfortable situation. And Lord, I pray for this person's salvation. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive. Change your people, Lord. Change the church, Lord. We are not a religion, Lord. We are disciples of Jesus. Act and talk like Jesus. Bless your people, Father. Yes. And bless our day, bless our children. This we pray in Jesus' name.